right, we are recording the special virtual reality episode of the Enter VR Virtual Reality Podcast. John Oaks, thank you so much for joining me. I, um, yeah, I'm down to do this again. I'm actually, I, I'll probably edit this intro, but dude, yes, we're here. This is this is something um, that I should have been doing a long time ago, <laughs> but yes. here we are now. Yes, you should have. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I'm glad to be here. My yeah. favorite, I, I love getting in the VR chat with you and hanging out. Yeah. We should do it regularly, so I'm, I'm down. Yes, yes. This we're is a little, little short today because we're squeezing it in on the weekend and we've got other real life obligations, but it'll be good. Yeah, to talk about. We'll make this. We'll make this work. We'll go. We'll go. We we won't fluff around today. We're going to go straight into our priorities, which are uh, let's talk about VR. Let's talk about these headsets that are coming out that are just on the oh, horizon. No. Okay, so which one are you most excited about overall at this point? I mean. Um, because you, you have yeah. a very interesting perspective, I mean, but but right now I want to see Quest or Index from your point of view, um, or is there something else? Well, you know, okay, so I think the, the candidates are uh, Vive Index or Valve Index. I'm going to say Vive Index forever. Valve Index, uh, Quest, Rift S, which is a contender, and like the HP uh, Reverb. I think those are like the top, my top four. Um, I'm honest, I gotta say, I'm most excited for the Valve Index, I think. I think. But that might be biased because I suspect, although I have no proof and no leaks, just like a lot of other people, uh, groundless speculation that this will be um, the creation of some really interesting first-party content from Valve. And the Knuckles controllers and the, the Valve Index. I don't know what the optics are going to be, obviously. No, I don't think anybody really does. They might have guesses. But um, I think it's going to be really good. I think they've learned a lot from the Vive experience. And I think it's going to be something special. So I'm most excited about that. But I'm also almost as excited about the Quest, but for completely different reasons. I think it's just going to open up a different uh, wave of VR for people. Like 400 bucks is is... It's pretty easy to afford, and it's going to open up a lot of really interesting experiences that, frankly, aren't even possible with a tethered experience. So, yeah, man, I, I think I'm going to get, I'm probably going to get all three and maybe a reverb, although that's kind of pricey. Yeah, let's, uh, well, let's, t- let's, let's go, let's go one by one because I, uh, I am also, I as well am excited about the the Valve Index. And I think um, it has the potential to be really disruptive, at least on the yeah. uh, hardcore enthusiast sort of market. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Valve, being a private company is kind of quiet, but like they, I, I kind of thought maybe they were losing faith in hardware, developing their own stuff, but like they've got this huge manufacturing plant gearing up for something. I mean, it's kind of a, oh, this is going to be so nerdy, but I'm doing it anyway because we're in a VR chat. It's a Ready Player One moment, man. Gaben's kind of like, and and his whole team, Valve, the whole team is kind of working in secret. There's this game company, and they're going to come out with a headset. That is, like, literally out of the pages of Ready Player One. And um, I don't know. They're not going to get us you know, to that sci-fi level universe. But um, they're actually a hardware company now. At the same time as Oculus is basically outsourcing their manufacturing to Lenovo. It's interesting, right? I mean, 
Oculus and Facebook have all the resources in the world, but they're basically constraining themselves to what a contract manufacturer can produce. Whereas Valve is investing in the actual manufacturing and design process like an Apple would. It's more of an Apple play. And that's, that can, you know, in, in terms of rapid iteration and improving technology, that's where you want to be. You want to have to be able to control your manufacturing lines, your prototyping, get all that feedback directly into your hands. And uh, it's a move I didn't expect them to make, but they're making it. And I'm really excited to see what happens. Yeah, that was the question I was going to follow up with. Were you ex were, were you expecting this? Was anybody expecting this? And a lot of people were joking about like Valve time. Like, like yeah, you'll yeah. see an HMD, but remember <laughs> Valve time, that means in the next 10 years or something like that. I mean, just put it out there. Yeah. But yeah, that, yeah what, I mean, what are your I, thoughts on that? You know, uh, if, I could if I could accurately predict what Valve was going to do on any given day, <laughs> I'd, I'd, uh, I would... I would uh, I would be able to monetize that somehow. I'm not sure how, but anyway, it'd be interesting. I don't know if anybody can because they they you know it's just like this. I hope somebody really studies Valve from a business perspective because they have this huge capital reserve and this revenue stream, which even though it's being challenged now with uh, Epic Store and other stores, um, is still pretty strong. And they're not held to shareholders to produce quarterly profits. I mean. They could all get together and go, hey, let's lose money for a while and develop this new platform. They can absolutely do that, and nothing's going to happen. And so that creates opportunities for long-term innovation and big bets that don't make any kind of business sense in the short term, which all the other companies are bound by. Like, you know, you look at Facebook's recent earnings, they're doing really well as a company, but... Frankly, Oculus is not doing well. I mean, in terms of how Facebook projected, in terms of the guidance they gave, in terms of just what we're seeing. I mean, they're still selling a ton of headsets and they're still got a great market there. But in terms of the overall ocean of Facebook revenue, it's not there. And so it's interesting. This is now there it kind of feels, you know, Facebook's under a little public pressure. I, I worry uh that they're going to start getting squeezed a little bit. And then that, that's the first place they're going to maybe squeeze harder is on the Oculus research side, which you kind of frankly already see with Rift S. It's an incremental move. It's going to be a really good headset. I'm probably going to get it. But it it's either their, their, their big bet is on the low-end mass adoption play with a Quest, or and they're going to not even care about the PC gamer market, which, you know, maybe that's a smart move. Um, or they've got something bigger down the road that's, you know, years away. Um, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, you brought yeah, up some no, very man. interesting points I, there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear Facebook isn't good at hardware. And I and I say this all the due respect because have, I have really good people I know at Oculus and Facebook working on the hardware. I'm sure it's going to be excellent, but you can only do so much based on what the management and the vision of the, the company is. And um, I, you know, people who have tried the Rift S said it's a, it's a significant improvement over the Rift, but I don't know if it's going to be enough. It'll be great for, put it this way, it'll be great for new Rift users. I don't think it's going to, it doesn't seem like from what I've heard, it's, it's enough for a current Rift user to upgrade to a Rift S. 
unless you just have a lot of money. Um, Quest is totally a different ballgame. And I feel like that's more where they want to go with it. They want to go with the AR, VR, meshed, all-in-one device. And again, that might be the right move long-term. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I think you and I and probably a lot of your, your, your listeners or viewers are um, you know, kind of hardcore VR heads. And I think if I had – it's not a not an all unpopular opinion or an unknown opinion, but I feel kind of feel like Facebook is almost pulling back from the high-end PC gamer market and letting Valve and maybe Windows Mixed Reality take that, and they're going to go after the you know, billions of users they have at the lower end. And maybe that's okay. I don't know. Maybe, you don't, maybe, maybe it doesn't need to be everybody going after the high end. Yeah, I remember a while ago hearing uh, like a theory being thrown around or, or a hypothesis that like Facebook at, at some point is gonna do the uh, smartphone, mobile phone model that AT and T and Verizon do that, where they like where you get the phone for free, quote unquote. Can I do quote quotes with VR for free? And uh, and so and, and so, but basically they're paying for for it in the short term but people are paying in the long run with their data right or like do you see that ever happening where like people would be getting rifts uh and quests for free and in exchange all it takes is for you to sign this eula from facebook's and agreement i I don't know what do you think (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah that that, well i mean that's their business right it has to be that and they're not gonna all of a sudden go i don't I don't know. I don't see them saying, hey, let's try a subscription model. It's always going to be ad-based and, and product placement-based in VR and data mining and, and all that. And um, I guess, you know, my thing on data mining is I, I'm not a fan of what they're doing, but it's mostly – I don't care. I've always known that I was the product for Facebook, right? It's a long – you know, everybody I think understands that now. I think what we what we didn't understand, and is is disappointing, is that they're not really good stewards of of our relationship with them with regard to our data. Like too much of the raw data is leaking out. For example, I don't care if they sell me an ad for gaming PCs and VR stuff and gardening supplies because those are things I'm interested in, and they can tell from the groups I follow. That that I'm into like home gardening and and P- VR and games and that sort of thing. Sell me all that stuff all day long. I don't mind. But what concerns me is that that some of these leaks that have happened and some of them issuing the data, even though they technically had agreements, is is that my raw data got out there, and that's really disturbing. To me. And so, um, I think as it gets into VR and the more they get into our lives that they're gonna to have to be really careful about that and basically prove to me and the rest of the community that if I'm going into a VR experience and we're having a chat like we are now, I don't I guess I want to know what they what they know about that chat. Are they listening to our words and transcribing those to text? Are they saving the recordings? Are they are they, you know, I'm I'm talking with my hands. Are is this biometric data getting saved so they know like how literally seriously how long is my arm now they know how long how long my arm is and so from that you can infer a lot of physical attributes because there's data out there there's a lot of 
anthropological and physiological data out there like, hey, if somebody moves their arm like this, now we know how they move their arm and you can extrapolate their physical size from that. Um, my eye movements, my head movements, all those things are like fingerprints. You can even, and we've done it. Uh, I think you were there. Like when somebody moves in VR, even though we have a very rudimentary view of the person moving, you move a certain way and I can kind of distinguish your movements. Unless you're trying to fool me, even in avatar mode, I can kind of tell how you move versus another friend of ours. And um, so, you know, there's a lot of data that we're sharing right now with VR chat, um, but they're not saving it. But the Facebook might. And how will that be used? Is that, is that biometric data going to get shared? Even if innocently to an academic resource and then have it get pushed back into some other form that we don't like. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine if they, you know, here's the thing. I'm fine if Facebook captures my arm length and then sells, advertises, shows me an ad for shirts that are in my size. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. That's fine. I kind of agree with that. What I don't want is that data getting out to, um, frankly, governments or um, people who might want to figure out more about my personal life or, um, or, you know, who knows, who knows how the data could be used. Anyway. I, um, so yeah, I'm concerned about that. I don't have those concerns about valve. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, so, and, anyway. what, and what I'm thinking about is like, no, those are really good points. I mean, there's just a lot there that I want to try to unpack. But one thing that I thought about was like, um, you, VR chat part of the allure for me is the fact that it it ha- there is this freedom to be here and not feel like you're being listened to or monitored or tracked uh, you know whether by human beings or by some machine learning algorithm looking for patterns in your speech so that they can extract all right he's thinking about buying gardening hoses i don't know why they would extract that but you know sentiment <laughs> analysis is getting better and better with natural language processing algorithms and so the uh, what i'm thinking is is like uh is it possible that facebook could just squash vr chat you know say all right you don't get to be in the oculus quest store or we'll we'll do really shitty treatment to you in the oculus quest store and we'll try to like compete with you on a social world and we'll just pump all this money like do you think like consumers VR virtual reality consumers today would sort of, you know, see past the facade and 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 know that like even if Facebook had a better, more interesting, better looking virtual reality alternative to VR chat, like would people would people go there? Like, do you think people would go to Facebook knowing Facebook? Trait, uh, reputation, or do you think that like VR chat's ability to like you know have this sort of community would sort of help it hold its ground? What do you think? I don't know. That, well, I mean, yeah, because uh, they're competing, but you know they're competing, right? They're competing with each other. Facebook Spaces, VR chat, right? Like they yeah, don't. I mean, and and look who they hire. I mean, yeah, they have a whole really talented face social Facebook VR team that um, spaces is not the end game. Spaces is not where they're headed. It's just like their toe in the water uh, to see, to kind of introduce it to small groups and interaction. I think architecturally Facebook, um, it would be, 
not certainly not impossible for them. It's just a challenge, I think, for them architecturally, the way Facebook is built to um, take that the 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 social map that they have and bring that into something like a social VR experience the way VR chat has. I think you I think there's an engineering challenge there that might be kind of hard to accomplish at the scale that they have to accomplish it. I mean, VR chat is big. It's, it's one of the, it's, if not the, it's probably the biggest uh, simultaneous user load of VR of any app right now. But still, if we get more than 40 people in here, we're going to have a bad time. I mean, because the networking is limited and the resources are limited. Um, face, so the challenge for Facebook is, they uh they have two billion users and you know i've got like several thousand quote-unquote friends on facebook and there's other people i might want to associate with there i mean like the scale of the problem is massive so i don't think i think their problem is like with spaces it's four people or eight people maybe or whatever it is it's not very many and i think they've got to figure out how to open up worlds so that people can jump in uh, like a VR chat can, and unless you know, frankly, my one of my biggest nightmares is that uh, Zuckerberg shows up with a giant sacks of money at, at VR chat HQ, and they just can't say no. And I, I don't know if I could blame them. No more than I could blame Oculus when they sold out. Um, I think <laughs> that would. Let's that, go deeper. A, Let's go deeper. What do you mean? Right? Why would that be a nightmare? Oh, because, I mean, not, not a nightmare for anybody who works at VRChat. They'd be rich. But um, I think the, 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 the nice thing, I think the appeal for me about VRChat is the user control, the, the Wild West aspect of it, you know, the custom worlds, I can do what I want. And to some extent, the, the, the feeling, um, the, which I think is founded, but I can't necessarily prove but the feeling of, of anonymity and privacy. Um, I, I believe that VR chat is not uh, collecting data on me other than maybe my last login and, and what avatar I'm currently in and that sort of thing, who my, who my friends are. But they're not like recording this conversation or my movements or anything else. Um, if they got acquired by a company with the resources to do that kind of stuff, I'm not sure they wouldn't. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of baked into the terms of service when you use an Oculus product that they can collect that information. So, um, and I'm not, and by the way, I should say, I'm not anti Oculus. I'm actually kind of pro, I'm not pro or con Oculus. I'm, I'm very pro VR. And I think Oculus has a lot to offer. I just think it's important for them to hear that me as a user has a concern that a lot of people share about how their parent company treats my data. It's not that I think, and I, and you know, like I said, I know people at Oculus who are really good people and really pro user and pro all, you know, all the things we want out of VR. Um, I just think it's really important for us to be vocal to help them understand that, that those are really important values to us. And Facebook's management hasn't, always made the right decisions <laughs> and freak, and often has made user hostile decisions in terms of user privacy. I think we need to be addressing in VR for it to be successful. Ultimately being critical of Facebook's privacy policy to me, the way I feel about it is pr- 
pro Oculus because it's going to help them in the long run. Because if they don't pay attention to that, people are going to turn away once people understand um, how important their personal data is. So if anybody out there from Oculus or Facebook is listening, I like you guys. I just want you to make the right decisions. There's plenty of money that will be made. You don't need to necessarily compromise individual privacy and put people at risk of having their data hijacked to do what you want to do and have a healthy economic relationship with your users. That said, um, I do have concerns and I think if VRChat got acquired by a big company, I would those concerns would go over to VRChat. And by the way, nobody at VRChat has ever said they're gonna be acquired. I think they're in it for the long haul. So I don't wanna like give anybody any ideas, just hypothetically speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Altspace, I haven't been, other than like some short visits, I haven't been in Altspace since they got acquired kind of for the same reasons you know and um microsoft is a is a not quite the same level of uh i think they're a little more for privacy a little bit than than facebook but uh it's just a different thing um so yeah anyway uh, yeah it's uh I, I, i would like to see vr chat on the other hand vr chat has to you know at some point in the future figure out how to make money they either got to charge us money for using it um put up ads have us buy hats or you know whatever it's going to be buy avatars um i'm not sure and i'm i know they're thinking about it but um how, how much money you know, would you right spend in, in the vr chat period of, how much money would you would you say vr chat is worth to you a year um, how can you put that in dollar value in a, in a year mm-hmm. a year's worth of vr uh, chat i guess it Maybe I'm weird, but a hundred bucks sounds right. Like a ninety-nine dollar annual subscription. Wow, you win! We're ambition here. I hear this is the the sound of ambition. I like it. I I was well. Let me let me let me explain. Okay, so yeah, that is a bit on the high side, but but I'm also forecasting in the future the value proposition. where it gets dicey is if I have to be in VR chat and I have to be in alt space and I have to be in spaces, and I have to be in high fidelity, and I have to be in you know, whatever. Then, then it's like, oh, now I got to choose. Which, by the way, is why I'm a big fan of hubs, which we should talk about. I agree. But anyway, my Mozilla hubs um, is uh, the subscription value would be based on the value of the content, and I think you know, in Rec Room too. By the way, that's another one that we it's. It's more of a game, but it's really turning into a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, VR chat could have content that I would be willing to pay money for on a monthly basis or an annual basis to access, as long as I didn't have other charges along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be premium things, I suppose, but like I would want to be able to go to school in VR chat, like college classes, or I would like to be able to go meet with my accountant right in vr chat and ha- and have the ability to pull up my tax forms because right now i gotta drive my situation he lives an hour away from me so i gotta go see him it takes an hour two hours that would be huge value but i want to i could do it on the phone i could do it in skype a vr chat or vr conferencing is just better for that kind of thing because we can have a whole all, all my documents on the wall we could see each other have that physical uh aspect of the conversation just like we're you know we're here instead of being on the phone or on skype because it's a better conversation 
I, you know, yeah. that's why we're here. So, um, so those kind of services I think would be valuable to me. Uh, sales calls just to take it to the enterprise level, like having a, a brief project planning meeting or a sales presentation in VR chat makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think there's, there's value there. there now imagine too, a what if, uh, in, I mean, this is a unity environment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know, they don't allow, but I, I, I could totally imagine that at some point there might be a whole game. Like there's games here already, but like a whole designed commercial game built into a VR chat world. And they would have a special relationship with VR chat to maybe enable certain APIs that aren't generally available or something like that, that we buy, you know, like Skyrim or whatever, you know, Skyrim is my favorite adventure game. So like, let's say in a bizarre future world, like Bethesda, hey, we want to do a multiplayer Skyrim, a multiplayer RPG like that in VR chat. Here's the world, here's the quest, here's all this stuff. You know, here's this huge Unity-based world. Help us build into VR chat. I totally see that. And then all of a sudden, my subscription, I get access to that or I have to pay 40 bucks to go in. Uh, and I could go there with you and we could go do stuff together. That would be fun. That's uh, that's getting close to a metaverse that I kind of imagined when we started this place. Yeah. Technically challenging to do that and economically suicidal at this moment in time <laughs> to try to do that. But I think it could be a really viable future, you know, but in a few years it won't be, but right now it'd be tough. Not, yeah. not enough of us yet. I wonder if it's uh, even technically feasible to make the tools of creation even more accessible to like, low, like the more casual, uh, semi, semi, semi hardcore users. Like, uh, like, like you know, Unity had this pr- uh, project, and Unreal had these projects where you can make VR inside VR. I would they're love to be able. They, they are, but you know, they're not as like. You know, I don't feel like they have the same locomotion that they used to have. I feel like there's, there's, yeah. uh, you know, other things that um, are taking up most, mo- mo- the majority of their time. Like uh, Unreal discovered yeah. Fortnite, and 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 Unity is 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 really pro AR. But but anyways, the thing is, if if VR chat tapped into that ability for me to have like a a spatial UI where in VR I can create my next VR chat world. Um, that would be great, and I feel like, I f- yeah, I feel like well, it, it shouldn't be out. too hard, or maybe it would be. I don't know. So things, I you know, again, I don't know anything about VR chat in that regard, so this isn't. But I, I suspect they have to go that way. They have to give us these tools pretty soon, um, because there's projects like Neos and Rec Room, and even Symmetry. And um, those kind of guys, I mean, Rec Room has got some really good in-engine design tools. There's people designing lots and lots of rooms. Most of them are horrible. Most of them are simplistic. But but they're getting better and they're adding lighting too. And and, yeah, and the the thing is, that's still okay because these are kids. These are young people who aren't, aren't professional developers going, oh, I can make a world in VR. And yeah, it's... They're not good, but everyone has made bad things. When, when you're getting started, you make bad stuff until you make good stuff. I don't think it's a problem. I think it's the fact that they have 500,000 people trying it or 500,000 rooms. I don't know if that's people, but 500,000 rooms. 
uh, that's amazing. That's an amazing market potential that they've tapped into. And somebody in out of that, each one of those is a die roll, right? Each one of those is a roll of the dice. The odds are increasing more and more and more that one of those 500,000 people is going to create the next Minecraft or the next Fortnite or the next whatever. Mm. PUBG. And, yeah. and, um, and not Battle Royale necessarily. They're going to develop some kind of thing that gets people into their rooms and then that's going to spawn a whole other wave of, of creativity and, and VR adoption. In a way, so, I'm kind yeah. of grateful yeah. that uh, Rec Room and VR Chat are going in these very desperate desperate uh, directions because on the one end you can see that what rec room is doing is like they're saying like look let's focus on the mechanics not so much about the aesthetics like the, how, what what makes a good rec like a, a room a good game experience a vr game experience and then vr chat right. is Absolutely. definitely more fine-tuned for like the aesthetics your avatar customization the world customization and if you're a hardcore power user you can go deeper and tap into the interactivity that you know unity has but 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 at the surface layer like it seems like that's what rec room and uh, vr chat are both going in their in their separate paths with the same goal of creating their own metaverse or mini metaverse that will interconnect one day. I, I really hope for the day where like I can, it'll be like a seamless, you know, a, a seamless, like, look, John, I'm gonna drop a portal and then boom, we go into rec room real quick. Or drop another portal and boom, yeah. we go into hi-fi or whichever. That is just, yeah, or hobs. Yeah, I mean, be great, but I don't know if that'll ever happen. <laughs> wouldn't it be great right now? Wouldn't it be great right now if you and I could be sitting here talking, open up a portal, go play, beat saber actually go play beat saber together i could be watching you you know you play watch me and we're all kind of in the like going bowling together or something and then come back here and go oh yeah that was fun that that would be awesome i mean that that's a a long time fantasy of a lot of people in vr to be able to have these kind of portal like experiences to different apps which by the way can i make a plug or not a plug but like i'm really happy with the direction mozilla hubs is going um yeah let's talk about Mozilla, make firefox hubs i'm super excited about the team you know our our friend Liv just got a job there being the product manager and she's formerly from high fidelity and formerly before that from microsoft super talented um the whole team has a great vision uh john and kevin and 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 all those guys um from alt space and I know I'm forgetting names right now, but um, but they're all great. They're all really good guys. They understand the social VR aspects of things. It's an open source project. It's got that whole Mozilla philosophy of user empowerment, user privacy, um, and it can't it can't ever go away because there are no servers to really shut down, right? Like you you. It's fully distributed, right? It's not like Mozilla has to pay for a lot of money to keep it running. The code is out there. You and I could set up our own private hub server. And I think even though it's raw, it's very early, the amount of work, um, i kind of been creeping on their GitHub for a long time. Uh The team is very productive. They're adding a lot. I kind of see where they're going. And I I think I like where it's going. It's going to open up very soon. I think it's going to open up the idea that people are going to look at that and take what they've done and build on top of it either as a contribution or as a kind of a layer over the top of what they're doing. And 
I think I, it could I be very interesting from a social agreement. A hundred percent, because I am. I feel so limited. Because if I, it, you know, I used to run meetups like the Metaverse Scholars Clubs and meetups and stuff. And and one of the things that I found myself wanting is I want VR chat to work on Mac too. You know, I want I want people who have Macs. I want people who have iPhones. I want people who have Android. I want people who don't have VR. I want people who have all the VR and whatever choice of VR they have, Go or you know uh, Mirage Solo, whatever it is. I want all of them to work. And I want all of us to be able to be in a virtual environment and have spatial audio so that we can, you know, ha all hang out with each other. And because the thing is like teleconferencing with like a Zoom meeting, like if you had like a, a Zoom meeting with more than six people, you you'll never nothing will ever happen. It's, it'll be a really bad, you know, uh, unless someone is like dictating and there's like a clear goal, you can't really have like a spontaneous sort of just friendship building kind of you know just you can't be able to pour in a zoom meeting with six people but in a space a virtual space with spatial audio where i can have a conversation with you here on one end and i can be on the other end with you and then and then when you know and, and if we're talking about vr and i have an idea i can pull out a, a magic pen or you know a, a, one of those these pens that are lying around here and instead of telling you what i'm what i see uh, I could just draw it for you. And, and so now we're prototyping about VR in VR. Yeah. And there's just so much uh, value here that like uh, being able to do it in hubs on the web, that is just, that's like a, a home run. Like that's a, the, yeah, that's the way to do it. That's the way, that's the way to go. So yeah, man, I, yeah, I've been, I've been, I started exploring hubs a little bit more in the past couple of weeks and I fell in love with it. I feel like it's yeah, good. legit. Yeah. It's legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I spoke to Liv about it too. So it uh, it's, it's so good. I, cause you could do spreadsheets. Like I could like set up a slide deck, you know, you could do GIFs and memes. It's got it all. It's great. So let me tell you something else. The reason I think it's going to take off in the enterprise space, especially is every, so right now, in an IT organization, if they said, hey, let's do VR chat or high fidelity or um, anything with Facebook, if you're a CIO or a chief security officer for a company and somebody goes, yeah, we're going to do social media via Facebook or social VR via Facebook, we're going to have business meetings via Facebook. I, it probably depends if it's a small business, maybe get away with a big fortune 500 company is going to be like, I don't think so. Hmm. All their authentication and security and firewall stuff is, is would have to have holes punched into it to skip to Facebook servers. There's a lot of issues with that. It's the software. They don't understand. They can't look into it. So, but they see the value of VR. So I think Mozilla is kind of in an interesting position because here it is. It's open source. Guys can look at the code. You can make your own build you Can completely cut it off can take advantage. It's all web protocol stuff. There's no like hidden black box apps driving it. So their firewall rules, their authentication authorization and network topology, all it's, it's already there. It's like serving a web page or a file. It's not a web page, but, a, but at least a, a, a stream um, from a web server. So they don't have to reinvent anything. It, the infrastructure is already there. All they need to do is provide end client, you know, hardware, and bandwidth and they're gonna have to do that anyway so i think uh 
web VR, I've said it for a long time that I think that's the future of VR and that even even Steam and Oculus and, and Epic as game stores for VR is just a, a, a stepping stone. Like we're going, it's going to be the World Wide Web all over again, but for VR. It absolutely is. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but, but um, people are going to build their own VR worlds on the web or on the public internet infrastructure um, and have web-like services spawn out of those everything is back on the table amazon you want to do i mean amazon's already working on it on replacing themselves for vr or, or giving themselves a virtual environment with sumerian and integrating with aws and some other things but you want to you want to start a business if you missed the web craze of the early 2000s this now you know start building your vr bookstore because that day is coming Right now, it seems ridiculous. Just like, because I lived through it, at first, people would be like, it's ridiculous to spend the money to build a storefront on the web. Nobody's on the web. People used to say that. Big companies with smart people used to say that to me all the time. We don't need to be on the internet. Our customers aren't there, right? And the the companies who didn't see that happen are no longer with us. Um. And I think it's the same for VR. I feel like right now people look at these, you know, hot, heavy, complicated HMDs. There's only a, a million of us or maybe two million. And we're all nerds. It's like the early days of the internet. We had big bulky modems. Would we dial up? We'd have to get an extra phone line into our house so we could do it while mom talked on the phone, whatever. And there was this huge barrier. It was super expensive. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we talk about the – we're complaining about $400 for a headset, $500 for a headset. I remember when modems used to be that much and then you had to buy a phone line and that was back when, you know, when dollars were even more expensive than they are now. So, and computers were more expensive. So this, the, the adoption rate is gonna, it's gonna seem like mass adoption or whatever is forever in the future until it seems inevitable. And then it's going to be obvious, right? That's how it's going to be. We're going to be like going on going, Oh, nobody's in VR. Nobody's in VR. All of a sudden, well, of course everyone's in VR. Isn't it obvious? Nobody ever doubted it. That's exactly what happened with the web. It was like, nobody's online, nobody's online. Well, now everybody's online. You were stupid if you're not online. And um, so uh, my call to action, so I think we're probably almost out of time. Call to action to everybody is look at the the web stores of the early 2000s and the people who kind of like carved out markets for themselves. And that's, if you're, if you're a young person looking to make your mark, Make that business in VR on open standards, or at least have a not even if you build it closed, have an idea of how you're going to get it to open standards um, servers like like hubs or something that you create yourself because that's where the money's going to be made. I think my opinion could be wrong. I have um, questions. I want to, yeah, I, these are this is a this is a really interesting point of view because I the um because uh, I see I see this future that you imagine that you dream of i see it i i, I totally see it and i but i also wonder um to what degree would the engines like unity and unreal have something to you know well you know how would they integrate to this to to this to this inevitability like how would that integration look like and would they be fighting this inevitability because you know, Unity and Unreal would love to have 
you know, to be the web themselves. I, I feel like that's a uh, sure. I've, I've run into people who told me like engines are the future. So, so you're telling me right now that web is the future. There's other people out there who think the engines are the future. How do these futures sort of um, become a thing? How do they sort of? I'm, what I'm doing in my hands is how do they mold? How do they sort of? <laughs> I yeah. see. It. I see it. Um, yeah. So I think. Well, I don't know for sure. I think there's going to be some turbulence in the industry. But but here's the thing. I think Unity. You know, Unity already supports WebGL at least you know mostly and unity and unreal does and so i think there's a really good chance that you could use unity or unreal or amazon sumerian or i'm probably forgetting or godot another open source game engine to create content that an open sourced vr browser can use um so it's like kind of like you, you know okay you can make an image on the web. You can use Microsoft Paint or you can use Photoshop. They mm -hmm. both pr produce an image. One does a better job of it and gives you more capabilities. So mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of where those engine fights are going to be. It's, it's going to be that there's, there's different choices that you use, different tools in your belt to create the worlds or the experiences that you want. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not that the build target being a PC is going to define how you engage. It's going to be that, oh, okay, I have PC users and I have web users and I have mobile users and I'm going to build for all of them. And maybe the engine, you know, that's Unity and Unreal's bag is they can kind of take that same content and repurpose it. So uh, I don't think they'll be running the servers um, unless Improbable has it figured out. You know, Improbable... Uh, company that's like talking about these hosted uh game game servers that can be spun up and they're basically like a hosting service for uh, multiple years maybe that's a maybe that's something that has a life for a while but i still feel like long term um you're not going to be open and you're not going to be distributed and mm. open and distributed web is the infrastructure that dominates our daily lives right now I don't see why that approach is going to be any different in VR. The tools, there's going to be a fight over what tool sets are used to create that content. And that's fine because that's a fight we all win because then people are competing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at Unreal, you look at Unity, and it's like they're both so good and so tempting. And it's just a question of where you're going to put your energy. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, so, like, Hubs is not, for example, it's not going to get into the... <sighs> the business of writing rendering engines or shaders. I don't think. Mm. Maybe they are. I don't know. But I mean I wish they would. Know, Unity's <laughs> gonna have its place. Unreal's gonna have its place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean I think that's maybe that's something that's more client focused. So we'd have to think about that. But still in terms of the communication layer and the server layer and the content distribution layer, I think that there may be high end clients on the on the edge but the infrastructure is going to be open. It's going to be web source. It's going to be, you know, um, an open architecture that, that people feel comfortable building on that isn't going to get taken down by a single entity and isn't going to get spied on or even the risk of spying on it from a single entity. Like, you know, like I mentioned with, if you're a CIO, you're, you're, you're just not going to build your VR business platform on Facebook. I don't, 
I just unless you're Facebook, I just can't see anybody taking that seriously. Mm-hmm. Just no way. That would be that would be super weird. <laughs> um, so yeah. All right. Cool. So we I, have I ten mean, more I minutes. Can't see it. I can't. Uh, all right. But yeah. So tell me, what can you not see? What can you not? You, you can't. To- you can't see. Um, you can't see Unity and Unreal trying to stop web VR or people just not. I don't know. No, I think it they, feels I actually like, think they want. I, uh-huh. I want. I think they want to embrace it. I think they are actively mm-hmm. attempting to embrace it. Um, the you know the persistent web for AR, persistent AR cloud. That's that's another one too, right? That's mm-hmm. I think um, people are trying to lock that up as like proprietary. And I don't think that's going to work. I think it's going to be public. I think it'll work short term, and you could definitely make a lot of money in the short term. But long term, it's going to have to be a public resource. Mm. Um, or people are going to not want to pay or play. And, and as soon as you have walled gardens set up, I don't know. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I think that, that that's that's kind of where things generally head. Um, yeah. It's tough for me. to. It's tough because on the, on the one hand, I do agree with you. But on the other, I also see walled gardens already in the Internet and bigger walled gardens than ever in the Sony store, the Apple store. Valve, Steam is a walled garden. When the, you look at their store, yeah. I mean, yeah. Facebook wants to be a walled garden. I mean, they all want to be their own walled gardens. But, um, but, but uh, on top of all of that, it seems like the web. Um, I yeah, I guess I guess it doesn't matter whether they want to be walled gardens or not. People will find the web, and they'll do the they'll do that regardless. They'll do these things regardless, like create open yeah. and distributed so systems. I guess there's not in, in any in any ecosystem, right, there's usually not just one thing. So although yeah, I should probably amend my because you're right. I mean I think the 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 open web and open web VR is gonna be everywhere. It's gonna be the infrastructure that we build on. Mm-hmm. But there still will be proprietary content, there still will be private services, there still will be um all this stuff that uh, people want to sell and mm-hmm. that will be guarded behind some kind of walled garden or there'll be distribution channels that people um, want to take advantage of like Apple or Steam or, or Sony or anything else. Yeah. Um, but if you think about it, but, but there's still going to be have to talk to the public infrastructure, right? Those, those services still po- talk to the public internet. You're yeah. not dialing into a, a different modem or VPNing into a specific server. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe there's a hybrid there, but I think, but still, if you look at the overall content and what's created, how many, how much content is out there that's uh, created by individuals on their own websites. And maybe they're hosted on services that are so pseudo, like, you know, you're going to post this on YouTube. You don't own YouTube but you yeah. use it for free and then they sell ads and it's like this symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's where we're going. So, I mean, I think, so back to bringing it back to how it impacts a VR user today um, from a user's perspective, what it will do is reduce friction of discovery of these services. Like right now, discovery of VR content is really hard. So you have to like, comb the stores and comb Reddit to find out what apps are available and all that. And I think 
curation and discovery is going to get a lot better with the open web VR approach. And from a content creator, it's going to let you not have to worry about whether Facebook or Steam or Sony will let you create your business in VR. You're just going to be able to do it. You know, you're just going to be able to build your VR business using your servers, your resources. You don't have to worry about anybody taking down your server or blocking access from you. It's going to be yours. And I think that is incredibly empowering. And even if it doesn't, even if you're not an Apple or anything like that, you're just like a little independent sci-fi bookseller or something, you're going to be able to put up your store in VR and have your VR world that people come visit and buy your stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like our friend, the architect, right? He's creating these environments. Um for VR chat. And, uh, you know, I th- there's people who are starting to discover that and want his content, which is fantastic. Yeah. Right. Other people with money who have dollars to spend saying, I like what you do. Please give it to me for some money. That's a business. It's early days. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to be fly- flying around in his uh, G6 just yet, but um, he's, he's definitely, you know, found something he can make money on doing in VR that doesn't work anywhere else. It only works in VR. Yeah, that's so, fascinating you know, gonna, to me. That's extremely fascinating to me to see that sort of yeah. or like organic creation of like this this new medium to do merchandising and, and sailing. And it's like a whole new you gotta learn a new language of of transactions here and and what and what does it take to and what does it what does a successful business in virtual reality doing virtual reality look like 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 could i potentially bring my shoe store from the real world into virtual reality and enhance that experience or add more you know a return on investment on that investment like or and so in my 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 mind goes immediately to trying to imagine like where are all the use cases and what do the use cases look like who will the successful people look like what are what what vision have they laid out like these are questions that i think about when we when i think about like you know yes the metaverse economy is coming it's already happening and you know i i i guess i'm just trying to chip away at the question or the ideas of like what will it actually look like to be successful well, the winners are going to be, you know, the, the winners are the ones who reduce the fr- friction and add the most value, right? Mm-hmm. Those guys are going to win. It doesn't, not, it's not necessarily about lowest costs. Um, if you tr- provide me a tremendous value of whatever you're selling, whether that's your, your mind or your products, if, you, if there's value for me to, to buy your product from you and it's not too hard, in other words, the friction of me finding you and working out how to deal with you, um, you're going to probably have a good shot at success. Um, you know, Amazon's, just look at the dominant, most dominant player in the world. Amazon, their whole thing is reducing friction to buy. So easy to buy on Amazon. I mean, it's just unbelievably easy compared to how it used to be. I wish, I'm sure there is, there's probably a website that shows that saves like how storefronts used to be in the old days. Some of them are still out there. It's hard. Amazon makes it really easy. It makes it trivial to have something delivered to your door the next day. A lot of value, no friction. So how do you beat that? Um, you got to add more value to the user in different ways. So in VR, um, can, I, can I bring in, if I'm a furniture shopper, 
can I bring in a room scan of my house that I got with my 360 camera or whatever to your store and then drop in furniture to see how it looks in my house and invite people over to get their opinion, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's kind of a standard uh, thing. But if you can make that really easy so that somebody who doesn't doesn't have to know how to program Unity can do it, I think that's valuable. If you're selling education and tutoring services or whatever, and you have really good tutorials and really good experiments, say you're doing a physics tutorial and you have a world that lets them do physics experiments and explains it really well, and the kids get better grades after they go to your world, that's a value. People are going to come back. And the good thing for you, just like the web, it scales infinitely. You build it once, a million people can use it. Um, that's a really valuable thing for you as a content creator. Or, you know, let's say you have a podcast and you get your friends to come on and chat about VR, but people feel like they get value for their time. They come back, you know, eventually you make a few pennies off YouTube. And right now there's maybe a few hundred or a few thousand people that watch it. But as it grows, you know, you, you, you have an infinitely scalable business. Um, so I think uh, just, just like it was in the 90s, it's time to start thinking about VR in that space. Even though it feels like it's too early, it also felt like it was too early in the 90s. And then it was too late. You know, everything had kind of gotten staked out. So... <laughs> Um, I feel like uh, you're not you're you're not too late, but don't wait. This is this is this is this is sage this is sage like wisdom. This is this and you're hearing it from the I I I think you're like uh, in the movie The Matrix. There's this like uh, there's this lady called the Oracle. Where, where Neo goes and has has breakfast <laughs> oh, yeah. with her, I I think you're like the oracle of of this side of the simulation and 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 of virtual reality, John Oak. So so you know, we could go on forever. We can talk forever. This has been really good. I know. Um, we're gonna have to do this again well, soon. I feel like this is gonna be an ongoing yeah. thing, hopefully. Um. So yeah, I'd love to. That'd be great. Yes. I got lots I could talk about. Yes, as and this is wanna, like I always say. Uh, I'm always shocked that people want to listen to me blather on, but um, anyway. well, and hopefully they'll. Yes, they I, do. I love, people I love, love listening it. to you. I like I said. I'm yeah. I the f amount of feedback I get from conversations with you is 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 um it's amazing. And uh, I hope people. Uh, I want to know if people think that like doing it in virtual reality and then ha having the audio version if that's good I'll, I'll keep doing it if this if this works and we'll hopefully do it and again in vr john um how can people stay in touch yeah, and follow absolutely. up with all the things you're doing these days and all that good stuff uh best way right now is twitter john virtual j-o-n virtual all one word um and uh that's kind of where i've been posting most of my vr related content these days kind of pulled back from Facebook. I'm doing it for personal stuff. I mean, I still get on there once in a while, but I'm not pushing the the VR content so much and kind of going back to its roots of being, you know, for friends, true real life friends and family rather than professional connections. Mm. Uh, yeah. So John virtual and uh, yeah, man, it's great talking to you. Thanks. Good way to spend a Sunday morning. Yeah. Thanks, John. Appreciate it, man. Uh, let me give you a quick virtual hug. Let's, let's give you a quick shot. There All you right. go. Good seeing you, man. All right, let me uh, go ahead and, and stop the recording real quick and then give me one minute and we'll say goodbye. One sec, one sec.